everybody, and welcome to Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and today we are talking movies, and specifically movies surrounding one uh, character. This is a legendary person, a, a man of myth and mystery and magnificence. That's right, we're talking about Bruce Lee, and uh, I couldn't do this one on my own. Uh, my brother and I have been watching all of the Bruce Lee movies, so I wrangled him in here. Stevie, welcome. Uh, I feel like it was just yesterday that we spent two and a half hours talking about our top 10 movies of uh, of the year. Was that yesterday? Uh, well, it might have been last week, a week ago, something like that. You know, I did get some feedback on that, and someone someone saw the length of time that that podcast was, and they said, how can you talk about 10 movies in two and a half hours? And I had to explain, like, not we didn't just talk about that. It felt like I was selling the episode. Like, we also talk about these other movies and other things like that. So, yeah. Um, yeah and it, it you know the time really does fly so i don't think we're going to hit two and a half hours on this one but we uh we watched the and for those of you out there from what i saw when i was rating these movies i'm pretty sure they are all available on prime video so if you have prime video i think you can stream each and every one of these bruce lee movies my brother and i purchased the bruce lee uh, greatest hits from the criterion collection this was a big box set I was super excited to get this, and it's essentially Bruce Lee's greatest hits. So we are going to be talking about these films. We watched them almost back to back to back over the last uh, week and a half, two weeks. But uh, very excited to kind of dive into this, Stevie. What about you? Yeah, uh, I bought these. I, we, I think the term is a blind buy because mm-hmm. I haven't seen any of these, obviously. But I know I would like a, a series of kung fu movies and Bruce Lee's one of the best to ever do it up there. I put him over Jackie Chan. Jackie's got a little more uh, comedic energy, but uh, Bruce Lee's the master, the dragon, as they call him. Oh yes. Little dragon, uh, not dragon Lee, but right. uh, not to be confused with, <laughs> not to be confused with dragon Lee lookalikes. or Bruce Lai or uh, Bruce Lee, Bruce Lee. And, uh, but yeah, no. And I, I was saying, we were talking before this, but uh, a little bit of background on our knowledge of Bruce Lee. I'm in the same boat as you. I had not seen any Bruce Lee movies prior um, unless you count uh, once upon a time in Hollywood. But uh, we've, ha- I feel like Bruce Lee is that kind of character that not even a character, a person who he just is like, he is in the zeitgeist. Like, Everyone knows about Bruce Lee. When you're in college, somebody's got a Bruce Lee poster on their wall. Like Bruce Lee is everywhere. And so when we were younger, I was, I was laughing at this, but we had played, there's a, and I might have to look it up because I don't remember the exact name of the game, but there was a game for the Xbox 360. It was called Bruce Lee. I'm pretty sure it was called uh, Fists of the Dragon or something like that. Uh, I'm gonna put something, it something dragon. Oh, it was sure. called Quest of the Dragon. And uh, oh wow, and I'm looking at a screenshot of it right now. I remember this. Yeah, you. He's even wearing a signature yellow suit. But we love this movie. Huge shout out to Brian Wynn. He had this game, and we would go over to his house and we would play it. Uh, Wikipedia is calling it says Bruce Lee Quest of the Dragon is a beat 'em up video game featuring martial artist Bruce Lee, and it was great. Again, that was almost my first uh, kind of foray into Bruce Lee, and. I know from that point, it made us laugh quite a bit because Bruce Lee's got this signature sort of, I would almost call it a release of power, where when he's fighting, he says, he, he sounds like a chicken. And we used to say that all the time. And we would, whenever we would play fight in the yard, we would say that, bah, 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 
And, uh, you know, but at the time it was like, oh, you know, that we're just kind of gagging around like we don't really mean it. And now watching these movies, I was like, oh, wow, they uh, you know, he actually did do that. And it was he was just such a special person. And uh, I feel like there was something else that Bruce Lee related that we had done. But maybe I'm going crazy on it. But do you remember anything about that game? I don't. I remember it not being very good or Mm -hmm. that or it was too difficult for us to play much of. Yeah, because I just I don't think we ever got too far with it. Yeah, but that's really the only Bruce Lee thing I can think of. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, I aside from that, you know, obviously there's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I did a bit about Bruce Lee that was funny. Uh, mixed reviews on that. Some people, including I think his estate, were not yeah, pleased. His, his daughter, but uh, you know, it was lighthearted fun, and obviously Tarantino's a huge fan. You got Kill Bill. That's very clearly an homage to Bruce Lee with the yellow jumpsuit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, uh, so the thing that I was thinking of though, was while it wasn't Bruce Lee, Stevie and I actually were uh, huge, have a huge reverence for Kung Fu fighting. And uh, we actually made a movie about that in uh, the, uh, what was that movie called? The one with Tommy. The, the UFC one? The UFC fighting movie. Yes. Yeah. And so we actually, there's a bit in the movie where uh, Stevie is training our cousin Tommy for the UFC fighting championship. And uh, we actually have him review a Kung Fu movie for uh, some videos and tips. And it wasn't the Bruce Lee movie, but I'd love to know what that movie was. Cause I, almost... I can tell you what it was. It, what well, was it? I can tell you what it was called on the Walmart copy. We got was guy with secret Kung Fu. Oh, okay. So and I don't know if it was a Bruce Lee knockoff the, movie. The actual name of the movie, but that's what it was called. Probably. Cause that, and that was the, honestly, even watching all these movies, that was the biggest takeaway was that Bruce Lee was such a powerful figure that even after he died, uh, Hollywood and just movies in general, everyone wanted a piece of him, even though he was gone. And so there were all of, there was this whole Bruce exploitation thing that happened where you had dragon Lee and Bruce Lai and Bruce lay and all these other, you know, Lee's and, and lays that uh, made these other movies. And it's funny because we were watching a lot of those trailers and the special features and the movies didn't look that bad, except for the fact that they were blatantly knocking off Bruce Lee to trick people right. into thinking it was Bruce Lee. But it was like, there was just such a, a cool spinoff in that idea of like, I don't know if that's ever, I can't even think of when the only other thing I can think of again is like CGI Carrie Fisher. And we talked about that, but uh, I don't know of another instance where like someone was, knocked off like that to make you know their movies yeah i don't know but yeah definitely a phenomenon and I've, i like the idea a lot too that they talked about in some of these special features we watched that prior to bruce lee you know fight scenes or action scenes in these movies was dominated by john wayne punch which was just really right, right. one big slug that puts somebody down and i mean that just seems laughable nowadays and you can see you know there's clearly a through line from like Bruce Lee all the way to most recently, I would say like John Wick, where you have these very elaborate action sequences. And obviously John Wick involves guns, but there's a very clear element of martial arts to those movies. And I think, you know, that is obviously an homage to Bruce Lee too. Oh yeah. I'm, you know, clear in my head is the uh, fight scene in, in John Wick three where uh there were no guns the one where you know he's in the place that's like all glass and he's fighting right. he's fighting those ninja guys in hand-to-hand combat and they're they are kind of fighting like bruce lee and uh it is it, it is really crazy because again like you don't think about it it doesn't really register 
But when you watch this movie and then you watch the special features, you it really is you're witnessing the birth of this genre in a sense. Like Bruce Lee, and again, I know they talked about it, but like Jackie Chan as well kind of pushed this forward too. But just this idea that that was one of the big takeaways I had as well was in the, and I think that was from the first movie from um, uh, The Big Boss that, uh, and we'll, we can just dive right into that. So the first the first movie for uh, Bruce Lee was uh, The Big Boss, which came out in, uh, when was that? 1971. 71? So yeah. the, uh, the, the premise of this movie is a young man is sworn to an oath of nonviolence but he, he goes over to, and he's from China, and he goes over to, I believe it was Taiwan, and to, to stay with some cousins and goes to work in an ice factory. But people start disappearing. And the, the sea, and again, I mean, we're going to be talking spoilers if you want to call them that for these, you know, 50 year old movies. But um, the, the ice factory is a front, and they're, they're dealing heroin, they're, they're shipping heroin in the ice. And Bruce Lee is kind of the, uh, what would you call him? Like the, he's the, he's the everyman. He's the guy that stands up to the big boss and stands up to save the other workers. And it was a really, it's a really strong message in the movie, but there's a bit where we, you know, when they hired him there, the, the way of filming fight scenes was it was very operatic was the way that they talked about it. And so even in Hong Kong, they, they had this way of fighting where again, just like in any other type of acting, there's a dance going on and you're fighting and doing this, that, and the other. And Bruce was like, I can knock these people out in three hits. Like, let me do my three hit thing. And, and like, so I can show you how I fight. Cause he had a very different martial arts style than most people. And originally the director was not a fan of this and was like, no, like we're doing classical stuff. And again, it's Bruce Lee. So he was able to get the director fired and a new director was brought in who was a little more amenable to, uh, to his fighting style. But it obviously pays off because again, like, yeah, it's nice to see those kinds of fights, but Bruce Lee just brought this gravitas, this personality to the screen and the way that he fights is just, it's unbelievable. Even for a 1970s movie, like it's, it's ahead of its time. Yeah, so this was the first one, and I it's not my favorite. I uh, Obviously, it's the birth of Bruce Lee, so it's not – they don't really utilize him to the extent that you would like. There's this whole thing about how he and the co-star were kind of in the running to see who's actually going to helm the movie, and the first few scenes or whatever acted as a screen test, and they were like, okay, we're going to go with Bruce Lee, and the other guy's going to get killed off. Right. But the beauty of that is you can see right away that he's got this charisma that nobody else has in the movie. And it's, it's, they describe it too as like kind of a Hollywood swagger that you see right away. And, you know, the movie surrounding his performance maybe isn't that great. I feel like the, the sort of crime aspects with the heroin and stuff might have been a little undercooked, but it was, I mean, it's a great vehicle for him, a great introduction to Bruce Lee. And, yeah, he just kind of jumps off the, the screen at you. And yeah, the fights are really good. Uh, don't know what else to say on that one. I know the one of the scenes that always stuck out to me, and it was funny because they talked about it in the, uh, well, it was in one of the special features we watched on the weekend. But uh, there's a great scene in the movie where he's fighting some guys and he's fighting them by a barn. And he kicks this guy so hard that he flies through the barn and they set up a thing where like when he hit the barn, a cutout of the guy's body 
of the wood gets pushed in. So now there's a, there's a uh, kind of a cutout of a person in the side of the barn where he knocked him in. And I always was like, wow, that is so cool. But yeah, uh, a little cheesy, yeah. but that was a cool. little cheesy. And I think they mentioned in that special feature that Bruce Lee did not like that. He was like, this is, he said that I think that it was too cheesy, but yeah. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, again, I thought the same thing. And for those of you that don't know, Bruce Lee was a, he was kind of a child actor for a while. Like he, he acted very young in some TV shows and then he, I believe, what was it? He got in trouble for fighting in, in Hong Kong or something. And so his parents sent him to America and he grew up there for, he was there for like 10 years and he kept trying to get into Hollywood and he got a part in the Green Hornet as Cato. And that only went for like a season. And it was kind of a bummer for him because he got relegated to the second you know, seat. He wasn't making a lot of money. And so most of the money that he made was in teaching Kung Fu to uh to celebrities and so some of those being kareem abdul jabbar and steve mcqueen and so he kind of learned that hollywood swagger i i like to i would like to think it's from steve mcqueen and i think they they touched on that but there's a couple of other people that helped him as well but he kind of it was like a give and take sort of thing where he would teach them martial arts and then he learned a little bit more about that sort of how to be a actual star and then he went back to hong kong and made big boss but when he got back in Hong Kong, they they treated him kind of as royalty at that point because over there, uh, the Green Hornet show was a hit, and they called it didn't they call it like the Cato Show? They like changed the name of the show in Hong Kong, and so everyone loved him, and so they were like, all right, well let's give him this movie, this this Big Boss movie, and, and yeah, I, I really like that movie, uh, and we're gonna talk at the end what our ratings are for this movie. But yeah, it wasn't my favorite. But it's my second favorite of them. And again, I think it's just that idea of it being the first one that he did. Uh, the fights were great. And obviously, you know, the ending of their, their required Hong Kong was required for the endings of these movies. If the main character commits any sort of crime, that he must pay for those crimes by the end of the movie. So at the very end of this movie, you do get to see Bruce Lee get arrested. Uh, just for fighting the bad guys, uh, which is yeah. kind of crazy. But, but yeah, so the big boss. And again, I, I would say at least for the first four movies we're going to be talking about, uh, I think both of us can agree that we would highly recommend these. They all oh, yeah. them, uh, are eights and nines and uh, are just, they're so good. And and again, for their age, they are, they really stand out. And, then, and just so you're aware too, you may not know, they are rated R. And so there's, besides the fighting, there's some nudity as well. And I uh, was not expecting that, but again, you know, go off Bruce Lee. Good for you, buddy. But, um, but it was good. I really enjoyed it. And that movie made the most money that any movie had made in Hong Kong ever. The big boss. So I think, what was it that it made 4 million yen? Uh, it was either four or 3 million yen, which knocked out uh, sound of music. And so big boss became the best, the highest grossing movie of all time. And they're like, we've got to get Bruce back. And so they did. In the second movie, uh, which is Bruce, or it's not called Bruce Lee, but Fist of Fury. And so this movie came out a year later, 1972. And uh, IMDb has the simplest, most straightforward uh, synopsis for this film. It says a young man seeks vengeance for the death of his teacher. And uh, it couldn't be more true. This is really, it's kind of almost based on a true story. I don't, I don't think they ever confirmed if it's true or not. But uh, Bruce Lee plays a student of a, a, a teacher, a martial arts teacher, not Ip Man. Uh, and Ip Man, for any of you who know the Ip Man series with uh, Danny, Donnie Yen, 
Uh, that was Bruce Lee's teacher for a while, but this is a different one. Uh, but the, the conspiracy is that this very, it was like a very big name martial arts guy uh, before a big fight or something died. And the theory was that he was poisoned. And so the, the movie kind of starts at that point, the, at the funeral of, of this master and Bruce Lee is like super upset by it. I still remember that scene's popping out in my head now too, of him just like screaming and Remory like slides into the dirt and slides on top of the grave and is like, yeah. And they have to knock him out at the funeral. They have to knock him out at the funeral because he's, that's how much he loves his master. And, uh, but yeah, so then the movie itself is uh, essentially and you're going to notice a theme with some of these Bruce Lee movies, but it's another instance of him standing up for the everyman. And so what happens is he's got this martial arts school with all the other students that he's with and they're, they, you know, Chinese martial arts. But then there's, uh, there's a bunch of Japanese uh, imperialists who have kind of moved into the area and they're practicing their own type of martial arts as well. Again, classic movie theme, but I think this may have been like the first time sort of thing, right? So you'd be like, you you think today like oh that's like that's the classic trope but i think this is what started the classic trope of like the dueling schools of people you know fighting each other and trying to defend their honor it's possible yeah and it, i it was certainly one of the early ones to address the uh the like japanese occupation mm-hmm. at that time so there's some cool jabs here and there kind of like an anti-racism piece going through there that whole bit there's like a sign in a park that says no chinese or dogs allowed mm-hmm. yeah and uh, a lady with a dog walks by and he lets him in and then bruce lee tries to get him and they're like no you can't get in and it's like damn but i think that sort of set bruce lee as uh i can't even think of what an a, an equitable you know comparison would be to today but like you've got these movies where in the first movie he's essentially the union organizer where he's he's the hero that the rest of the workers look up to to stand up to the big boss and yeah it's he, like he uh, on the waterfront honestly exa- yeah and then this one is the same thing he's he's the guy that's standing up for his entire school and he's kicking all of japan's ass in this movie And I think that they talked about that that was one of the things that propelled him forward was now like he's an icon that like he not only is this movie a great fighting movie, but it's a very, in a sense, sort of that, like you said, did you you look up to Bruce Lee as this guy who's going to protect you? He's going to stick up for the the tiny man. He's going to stick up for you and he's going to stick up for Chinese culture. And uh, this was my favorite movie of all the Bruce Lee movies. And I think I think that's because the fights in this movie are absolutely insane. Uh, Bruce Lee approaches one punch man in this movie uh, on multiple occasions where he's just knocking down, you know, 10, 20 people all at once with his kicks and he's screaming and wailing and it, oh. I mean, he kills at least one person with one hit, which is hilarious. (laughs) That's right. That is correct. This is also the movie where he does, you know, his comedy antics. He kind of goes master disguise mode. That's right. It pretends to be a few person. different characters. That was really cool. Yeah, I agree. Right. This is my favorite of the box set. I uh, the fighting was great, and the one thing that really impressed me too, it definitely more of a budget than the previous, but that during that like the pivotal fight towards the end, there's like this special effect they use with like a slow mo tracing of his arms that to me was just really really cool it seemed kind of like a matrix thing i mean it seems like the kind of image that we've seen in fight movies ever since and they're you know they're making him out to be this superhero because he 
I mean, he does that. He lifts that guy up in the rickshaw. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, he, uh, he does. And so he, for, for the record, he dresses up as a rickshaw driver. He dresses up as a telephone repairman. And then he also dresses up as an old man at one point yeah. as well. And uh, yeah, no, this was just, again, it's like this movie did not need to be as good as it was. Because again, it's 1972. We're not expecting much from the Hong Kong movie movie front. And it really, you could tell that there was a lot drawn from American cinema. And, and Bruce was infamous for being very hands-on with everything, especially with like the fight choreography. A lot of times you would see, they were talking about in a couple of those special features where it was like the script would be like 80 pages long. And typically a script for a movie like this was like 100 to 120. But anytime there was a fight, all that it would say is Bruce uh, the choreography done by Bruce Lee. And so Bruce Lee would just create these fights. And so anytime there's a fight on screen, he's the one that kind of choreographed and coordinated it, which is so cool that he, he got to live this dream of where he was actually a martial artist and he was getting to share that martial art in, um, in the film. And this, this is right where we're moving into the next movie. And I think it was kind of at this point where Bruce was really trying to get his philosophies on martial arts put into the actual film uh and i will point out too i know and they use it in a couple of the uh the those game of death movies but this movie also ends with bruce lee presumably dying uh again he has killed multiple people and uh caused a lot of murder in this movie and so at the end he basically runs outside to a firing squad and the last scene of the movie is him doing a, a karate kick in the air as guns go off and the screen, it's a, a freeze frame. So you don't actually know if he dies. Hong Kong would probably tell you he does, but I'd like to think that he probably dodged all those bullets a la the Matrix. Right. Well, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Um, the next one in line is, uh, if I'm looking right here, yep, is uh, Way of The Way of the Dragon. And so this movie also came out in 1972. And again, uh, so the big boss made like, what was it? Three or 4 million yen, a lot of money. And then Fist of Fury made another million on top of that. So it now Fist of Fury is the top box office movie of all time in Hong Kong, beating out the big boss. Way of the Dragon comes out and beats out big boss or beats out Fist of Fury. But at this point in time, Bruce Lee had said he wanted to make his own movie. And so this movie, the first two movies were directed by Way Lo. The first one was also directed by Chia Sang Wu, but again, he got fired. But the third movie is directed by Bruce Lee and written by Bruce Lee and is a very, very interesting premise. Uh, so, and it says it here, it says a man visits his relatives at their restaurant in Italy and has to help them defend against brutal gangsters harassing them. So once again, Bruce Lee is sticking up for the everyman, but Stevie, I, I was just, I was blown away that it was like, it was a, a Hong Kong made movie filmed entirely in uh, Italy. Yeah. Which is just, I like, I know they picked that because they were trying to save money, but like you wouldn't, I wouldn't have guessed they would do something like that back in the seventies. Well, you had your, uh, what the, that one guy talks about the idea of spaghetti Westerns and maybe this was a spaghetti Eastern. That's right. In terms of just making it seem a little international. I think the idea for Bruce Lee at least is, you know, he's trying to break into Hollywood and one way for him to sort of familiarize the movie would be to take it out of Hong Kong. And that could be putting it in America, which I think he wanted to do, but didn't have the budget for it could be in this case, putting it in Rome. So there's recognizable elements and it's not 
you know, strictly Chinese. So it's easier, I think, to sell to an American audience. Mm -hmm. I think that was part of the motivation there. And Bruce was very, uh, very purposeful in the people that he cast in this movie. He, he cast a ton of actual fighters in this movie, including uh, the first movie of Chuck Norris. Uh, so we get to see a young Chuck Norris in this film, and it was really cool. The the other thing, I don't, we didn't talk about it, but each of the opening credits scenes for these movies was really cool. And uh, in this opening credit scene, each time that he would introduce a new character like Chuck Norris, he would also put up there what titles they had. So whether that was, you know, the last giant fight that they won or seven time uh, black belt champion, whatever, he had all their titles on there. So people knew that these were real fighters fighting but this is the movie where he's trying to show this philosophy of uh, adaptability and the, the fact that you know a lot of martial arts are very strict and there's a specific way of fighting there's a specific method of how to do it and bruce was all about finding your own way of doing it so almost a, a kind of little bit like krav maga where you you basically do whatever you can to defeat your opponent doesn't matter if it if it you know bucks tradition bite somebody's leg or, you know, kick them while they're down, whatever it takes to, to win the fight. Uh, Bruce was a big believer in that. And that's why he was such a good fighter. But this movie itself shows that in the final fight with Chuck Norris, um, who's the, the gangsters like number one fighter and is again, pretty, pretty crazy that the, the final fight takes place in the Roman Coliseum. Yeah. And the, well, I think what, what happens is he beats up all the, all the thugs in Italy and they outsource, they call in Colt right. from America. That's right. Colt. They're like, this guy's, this guy's going to take care of business. And I love the way that scene begins with Bruce, just kind of walking through the Coliseum and Chuck Norris is just kind of posed in different places on top of the Coliseum. That's right. Yeah. They do the just far watching. away zoom in. It's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Such a great set piece for that final battle. Uh, as far as, I mean, there's a lot of aspects of the movie that are, kind of cheesy and don't i mean it's very clearly 70s the age isn't really what's bad but i mean maybe it's the uh english speaking actors they got are not that great aside from the fighters but oh yeah yeah though there's that one guy that i i had called out i could have swore he was in something else that i had seen but um i think his name is ping o way and yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was, what did he do? Yeah, he was in multiple movies. He was in Fist of Fury. He was also in Way of the Dragon. But he play. I'm pretty sure he's playing a uh, a gay guy in this movie. The way that, yeah. he, and I again, I thought I was like, wow, like that's so cool for back in the 70s. But he did such a good job of it. Like I, I was to the point where I would be like, I want to see more of that guy. Like, I yeah, he was a good he, actor, he and he, so yeah, he funny. in Fist of Fury, he was like the interpreter guy that they got to walk around like a dog, which was kind of funny in that movie. Oh, yep. he's, uh -huh. yeah. He's a really animated guy, but I think, you know, some of the other actors were maybe the weak spot. Yep. Especially the main, the business guy who was like the head of the mob or whatever. Like he did not. I don't that, think I, I think some of his thugs, the enforcers weren't great, mm -hmm. but aside from that, you know, obviously the fights are great. And I think there's a, there's a big twist in this movie that, when that happened, I was like, whoa, I was genuinely impressed. And it's like, wait a minute, this is the one that Bruce Lee wrote, too, because there wasn't anything like that in any of these other movies. And I'm not saying he, like, invented the plot twist or anything like that. But, I mean, it was actually a point in the story that I didn't 
see coming and was kind of like, oh, okay, okay, Bruce. Well, I'll, I'll bite what part? You don't remember this? Are you- I guess, well, and I guess who cares about spoilers? But, you know, remember he goes with his buddies, they beat up these martial artists, and then he takes off to go find Chuck Norris. And then it's the uncle who turns out is working for the bad guy. and He stabs his two friends in the back. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, whoa, hang on, hang on. I was a little surprised. I thought you were going to be talking about when he kills Chuck Norris. No, that wasn't. A, that was inevitable. That had I guess, to happen. I guess I, I suppose so. Yeah, no, you're right. And and I forgot about that fight, too. That was a good fight. In the, it was like it seemed like it was at like an abandoned uh, plant or factory out in the in the sand or something like that. But yeah, yeah that was weird. And there wasn't any. I don't think there's any comeuppance for that guy, is there? Well, he, no, he... Because uh, Bruce never catches him doing it. Well, the police show up at the end, and I think they do something. I don't think Bruce catches him, but he what he cuts himself to make it look like he's a victim. And then, right. no, I think he pulls out his gun like he's going to shoot Bruce Lee. And then the police catch him with his gun out. Pretty oh, sure yep. That. Yeah, you're right. So he does, he does get caught in the end. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, and the, again, that last fight that he has with Chuck Norris is very important. That was what he um, kind of was pushing in that philosophy of his fighting is that he fights he fights Chuck Norris and loses in the beginning. He can't keep up because Chuck is just so powerful. And so he realizes that he needs to adapt himself and change his fighting style. And when once he does that, that's when he starts fighting better than Chuck, beating Chuck. And Chuck then becomes the guy that can't like fight back because he's so routine in the fights that he's doing and then again he kills him at the end which was again like to be like to have not known about this until watching it of like hey have you ever seen that movie where bruce lee fights chuck norris in the coliseum to the death like no i would have watched this movie years ago but i had no idea so that was a huge surprise yeah i knew there was a a movie where he fought chuck norris and maybe i had seen clips of it at some point so i was ready for that for sure but i hadn't seen it before and yeah it's got to be one of his best fights in all the movies it's just Mm -hmm. the scale of it the idea of him and chuck norris and chuck norris is such a legendary status that it's just great to see that happen so early chuck is also a very hairy man uh and they are not shy about that you get to see his front and his back and it's just covered in hair. And there's even a scene where Bruce does something. Do you remember where he like pulls some of the hair? Yeah, out he of his like back, rips the chest hair off. And then he like tosses the hair in the air, sort of thing. It was like, oh my goodness. I'm sure Chuck loved that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so then, like I said, that movie uh, outgrossed Fist of Fury and became the largest grossing movie ever. And it was at that point that I think you know, the calls started coming in and they said, Bruce, you want, like, we want to make a movie with you. We want to, he, and so he, and he wanted to make a Hollywood movie and he got to, and that was uh, 1973's Enter the Dragon. So we've gone from Way of the Dragon to Enter the Dragon. And this, uh, so this was a, in English film that uh, was directed by Robert Klaus and stars Bruce Lee. John Saxon is in it as well. And we recognized him as the father from Nightmare on Elm Street. And then Jim Ke- uh, Jim Kelly is in it as well. And I, I, we'd seen the special features. Basically, even though Bruce Lee had outpaced uh, each movie that he made in Hong Kong and kind of around the world, 
uh, Hollywood still didn't trust that he could carry the film by himself. So they said they wanted to have an international cast. And that's why you have Bruce Lee, the Asian actor. You've got Jim Kelly, the black actor. And then you have John Saxon, the white actor. And all three of them are uh, different fighters that, uh, and the way that this is written here, it says a secret agent comes to an opium Lord's Island fortress with other fighters for a martial arts tournament. And, um, Again, you know, when we watched it and I, we hadn't seen the special feature yet, but I immediately was like, oh, this is just like James Bond. It, feel, it felt like Bruce Lee was James Bond where they like they recruit him, they give him the lowdown and then he goes he goes to this island to fight. And lo and behold, that is what they were trying to go for, because uh, Sean Connery's James Bond had just recently come out as well. But um, I enjoyed this movie, too. I also thought this movie was great out of the, the four so far. This is my least favorite of the four. But again, I'm still giving this movie an eight like these were all really great movies. Yeah, I would. I'd put this one over um, Big Boss. Ooh, okay. Basically, for its production value and all that stuff. Sure. Um, the one thing that I noted in this is I, f- I feel like Bruce Lee almost looked kind of unhealthy skinny in this. I don't know what the situation was there, but he seemed to have lost some weight after the previous movies. And I was concerned. And I, I don't know if that has anything to do with the fact that he died before this one released. I know it was some sort of uh, allergic reaction to uh, aspirin, aspirin or some tranquilizer mixed with aspirin. Mm. I'm not sure, but uh, obviously the fights are great. I wish there were more fights in this movie because yes. again, like the, the whole James Bond aspect, it kind of gets tied up in the little bit of espionage stuff. And it's, it's not as interesting to me because obviously it's not as big a budget as those kinds of movies would have been, but the fighting is great throughout. And yeah, I wish there was more focus on Bruce and fighting in this one, but it, it does a good job with what they wanted to do, which was introduce Bruce Lee to the American market. Oh yeah. Especially in the, that uh, room of mirrors fight at the very end of the yeah, that was really fighting good. the main guy. That was an awesome fight. And yeah, I think this is, and so this is where, you know, things obviously get really sour uh, I had made a comment that it was ironic that in Fist of Fury, Bruce Lee was the student of a master who was mysteriously poisoned and uh, was like, I wonder, you know, there's so much mystery surrounding his death. And the fact that it was that he he, ha- he got an allergic reaction to aspirin and it caused a, it wasn't an embolism in his brain, it caused his brain to, to kind of engorge. Well, I think that what I had read is that he had maybe been in a fight recently and i don't know if he had a concussion or something that he was kind of nursing and then you know that plus the fact that he had this reaction to whatever drug um it caused like a i think a brain swelling that ultimately killed him right and he was uh wasn't he like 32 years old i'm not sure uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna find out but yeah so he um he passed away uh 33 years old and uh he passed away literally days before this movie came out and it's so sad because he did not get to see how well this movie performed and this movie made millions of dollars and so this again like we were talking about at the beginning this opened up this this i this strange sort of universe where bruce lee was now the most sought after star in all of hollywood uh, because of Enter the Dragon, and then obviously probably people watched his other films, but he was dead. So there was literally nothing, no new movies could be made. 
And uh, so the the next best thing was to find other Asian actors that sort of looked like Bruce Lee and kind of call them Bruce Lee. And uh, that was one of my favorite special features from this was the Bruce exploitation one. And they talked about again, like Dragon Lee and, and all these others. And so they, they came thick and fast and they, they, did, they did well from what we saw. A lot of them made a lot of money because people just wanted to see Bruce Lee, even if it wasn't Bruce Lee, sort of looking like Bruce Lee, like it felt good. And so as this was going on, the, uh, the studio, Golden Harvest, that made these other movies, they'd been holding off and they'd been you know not making any. And so then in 1978, so five years later, they realized, I guess, at some point they said, hey, we need money. But um, they said, well, if all these other studios are doing it, why can't we do it? We actually have Bruce Lee footage. And so they made this movie in 1978 called The Game of Death. That is, it says a martial arts movie star must fake his death to find the people who are trying to kill him. In other words, they have about 20 minutes of actual Bruce Lee footage and they built a movie around that with a different uh, character who is not Bru- actually Bruce Lee, but was kind of pawned off as Bruce Lee. So what'd you think about that movie? Uh, it was a travesty. <laughs> yeah. In short, um, obviously the, uh, the footage of what he wanted to film was really cool. And seeing that like half hour version of that footage was great, but it just, it's really bizarre throughout the full length movie to see the way they kind of Photoshop his face in at certain points or use this old footage. And then the cherry on the the cherry on top would be the actual footage from his funeral that's spliced into the movie. And it's like, man, you, it's like, you're leaving no stone unturned and how tasteless the movie can we make (laughs) for a guy who just died. Especially for like, okay, you know, like they didn't even need to have that funeral scene. Like that was all part of it of, Oh, he's faking his own death. Let's use actual Bruce Lee's death to pretend that he's fake like that's just wrong on so many levels yeah but this movie that those last 20 minutes saved the movie in my eyes i mean like if, if i was a if i would have recommend this movie i would literally just tell you to fast forward to those last 20 minutes because it introduced this same idea that is so famous in video games now of the the tower of terror sort of thing, literally the game of death where at the end of this movie, Bruce Lee, and and this was, so Bruce Lee actually started filming game of death before enter the dragon. And then they started talking about enter the dragon and he stopped filming it to do enter the dragon. So he planned this movie out and his whole thought process was, I want to have a movie where there's this pagoda And there are five levels in the pagoda and each level has a different master fighter that Bruce Lee has to adapt to and fight. Again, he was really trying to push this philosophy of moving like water and adapting to your fighting surroundings. And so they only were able, again, he stopped filming it, but they were only able to film three levels of the fight. But the best part of this movie, I think, in my eyes, is he gets to fight Kareem Abdul-Jabbar at the end of this movie. He's the ultimate fighter at the top of the pagoda. And it is insane to see how much taller Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is than Bruce Lee and myself, because I'm pretty sure I'm as tall as Bruce Lee, uh, 5'7", which isn't short. So Bruce Lee was uh, a very tall man, but (laughs) Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is way taller. 
And, uh, but again, this is the movie that had the uh, iconic Bruce Lee yellow jumpsuit with the, the black lines on it that is uh, being worn by Uma Thurman in uh, Kill Bill. And those fights that he has in the movie are incredible. They are so good. It's, it, it makes you feel like it's Bruce Lee. And I mean, it is Bruce Lee, even though he filmed it around that time, it just sucks that to get there, you've got to watch literally Tony Lung sitting in a, a dressing room, staring at the mirror, but in the mirror is a cutout of Bruce Lee's face on the camera. That is just so in such poor taste. You can, you can totally tell. And then they, they, they also, and they did this in other movies too, but they spliced in, scenes from the other bruce lee movies so again it's a martial arts movie star so the beginning of this movie is the scene where he's fighting chuck norris in way of the dragon and then they're like cut and then it's like tony lung and he's like oh you know that was a crazy i did think shoot. that was kind of cool the way they'd set that part of it up i was it like was interesting okay. but it was still it was still tough but it went downhill pretty quick oh yeah like when they went to do because then they filmed the the fist of fury scene where he jumps out to to the rain of of bullet fire at the end of that movie and it was like oh that was just a scene in the movie too it was right. it was clever and you could tell that goal again golden harvest waited five years to make this movie they could have easily made it sooner so you you can tell at least they were like we've got to try but then there's a lot of it where they're like you know they were so they were so focused on wondering if they could uh to stop and think if they should yeah and uh and so yeah the game of death like i said i would just try and watch the last 20 minutes even you know if you can find the special features for game of death redux uh, I would recommend that as well. It's about 30 minutes, but it's just a rough cut of that fight with some extra footage. Very, very good. Um, and then this final movie, uh, Stevie did not watch. And um, I I did certainly didn't force him to watch it. I, I figured I'd do the dirty work. There's actually a special feature on the discs as well of Game of Death 2. And this is after the guy, the guy who plays, quote unquote, is Bruce Lee in the first movie. He dies. And while seeking the murderers of his friend and his brother, Bobby goes all out to bring those perpetrators to justice. Well, lo and behold, the brother Bobby is also quote unquote, Bruce Lee. So it's still the same guy playing. Now this guy is playing a dead person, but playing the dead person's dead brother. And uh, this movie was absolutely terrible. I gave that one a five. Like that was not good. There, there were some fights in it. Absolutely were... terrible, but you gave it a five. <laughs> well, and the reason I gave it a five is because the fight scenes in the movie were actually good. So the, the fights that were there were enjoyable to watch. And they, they really did a better job with pretending it was Bruce Lee. So there's a lot of Bruce Lee footage in this movie that isn't in the other Bruce Lee movies. But it's all like puff stuff. Like there's a whole long bit where he's writing in a journal on a desk and walking around a room. And it's like, you can tell they're just extra scenes they filmed for other movies. So it was nice to see him, but you don't actually see Bruce Lee fight at all. You just see these other people fighting and then a close-up shot of Bruce Lee from one of these prior films. So it was, it was, I mean, it was my least favorite of all of these. So yeah, I would say Stevie, don't even bother watching it. Oh uh, yeah. I wasn't planning on that. Mm-hmm. well so yeah so and then that is that is the bruce lee collection so stevie what what would you put them in for your order um so if i were to start at the bottom we'll, we'll take this like we would the pagoda of death the gotcha. bottom would be that uh game of death game of death yes same um number four for me would probably be the big boss okay and above that would be way of the dragon 
Mm-hmm. And then Enter the Dragon would be number two. And then Fist of Fury is number one. Okay, so we're not that far. Oh, wait, off. no, no, I screwed it up. Enter the Dragon is below Way of the Dragon. Way of the okay. Dragon's the uh, Chuck Norris one. Now right. we're even closer. So I've got uh, obviously Game of Death 2 at the very bottom, further than the bottom. Uh, and then five, I've got As Game of Death. And then for number four, I've got Enter the Dragon. And then for number three, I've got Way of the Dragon. And then for number two, I've got The Big Boss. And then number one, I've got Fist of Fury. And again, I think that's more of just the, I love the idea that it was his first film. And I, th- I really enjoyed it. But I mean, our lists are basically the same. Yeah. Totally, uh, wor- totally worth the purchase too, by the way. It's very rare. There's, there's a lot of blind buys that we do with Criterion where the movie's just all right, or it's good, which is great. You know, it's fine. But like to have a box set like this with five films on six films, counting that terrible last film, but um, for all of them to be such highly rated and, and awesome movies, like I was like worth every penny. Yeah. And I guess what I think for me, it was, I'd give Fist Fury nine. Yep. I'd give Enter and Way of the Dragon eights. Yep. Big Boss is a seven. I think I gave uh, Game of Death a four, but it's still, I mean, something you got to watch, I think. Yep. You got to stomach it. You do. I gave, and that's why I gave Game of Death a six. I would have given it a four, but that that ending redeemed it in my eyes. Uh, and then Big Boss, Way of the Dragon, Enter the Dragon are all eights, and then Fist of Fury is a nine. Makes sense to me. Yeah, we're right there. But uh, but yeah. So thank you guys so much for listening. This has been uh, Bruce Lee, uh, and I'm I'm trying to think. I I saw. I I'm pretty sure he passed away in July but uh, I'm not exactly sure, but we just, we wanted to talk about this now because, you know, we just started watching these. And again, these were really great movies. So I, I would highly recommend any of these if you're wanting to check them out. Like I said, I think they are on Amazon prime. Uh, so you would be able to watch them there, but uh, any final thoughts, Stevie? Uh, yeah, actually final thought that I just came up with. I think we, I think it's about time we did a good biopic for Bruce Lee. I think oh, here's yeah. here's my pitch. Here's my pitch. First of all, you get Mike Moe to play Bruce Lee. He did a great job once upon a time in Hollywood. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Assuming he's up for it, I think he could knock it out the park. And I think, honestly, what I would do is start the movie. Well, I don't, I don't know if you would do a little flashbacky stuff, but I think you should start the movie the exact same way Game of Death started, where he's on scene or on set filming that Chuck Norris fight. And then you know, they call cut, whatever. And then you do all this buildup of him, you know, leading up into that Hollywood movie and then, you know, him dying right before the premiere, all that stuff. So there's my pitch. Hollywood, if you're listening, give me a call, send me some cash for the idea. Yeah. And you know what? It could be, it would be awesome to, especially since it's been so long to, for them to recreate the scenes they could do, like you said, and then maybe do like a, they could do the Chuck Norris fight from way of the dragon where we get to watch some bits of that with obviously different actors. Um, but then like some fight from the big boss would be pretty cool. And then obviously like a cool fight from fist of fury would be cool. Just kind of him talking to about all of his martial arts styles and all of that. And then obviously, yeah, man, I would love to see like him fight uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in the movie too. Uh, Cause I mean, they could pull that off. You could, you could have him filming the scenes for game of death and then going and making enter the dragon. And then the movie could just end with enter the dragon premiering and how, um, and then maybe an after credits scene of Bruce exploitation. 
no, I'm kidding. We don't have to do that. But, uh, but no, I, I'm in. I'm, I, I'll buy a ticket. There we go. Yeah. Oh. Well, Coming cool. Soon, so, uh, 2023. I don't know. 2023. All right. Well, I'm, I'm looking for <laughs> putting that. it on the calendar. Putting it on the calendar. It'll be in a theater near you if theaters are still around. So, uh, so yeah, guys, that is the Bruce Lee collection. Uh, Stevie, thank you so much for taking the time to talk about these films with me. This was a blast. Yeah. Uh, and for, for those of you out there, give us a drop a comment. Let us know which Bruce Lee movie is your favorite movie. We'd love to hear it. Uh, really looking for those interactions. But uh, for, for all of us here at Comics and Cinema, uh, I'm Alex Klein. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you at the movies. Thank you.